0: and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. How are you doing today? Take a minute. Inhale. Just allow yourself to rest, to breathe, and to know that, you know, sometimes we have really good days and sometimes we have plans for it to be a good day and it doesn't and other times you know we kind of wake up and we know it's just gonna be a bad day you know how it goes but the thing about it is is that every minute is a chance to reboot every day is a new opportunity and at the end of the day you can determine your destiny there are things in this world that you cannot control You can't control the weather. You can't control other people's attitudes, actions, and reactions. But you can control yourself. And from that, you can get up from whatever it might have been. And you can be more, do more, reach heights and go places that you never would have thought, you you maybe never even thought of doing you have that capability. You have that ability within you. It's one of the best parts about being a human is our ability to reinvent ourselves, our ability to grow from wherever we were to wherever we're going. Um, you know, it's exciting for me uh, sometimes to tell talk about when I was a child growing up. You've heard in the intro. Most of you know I'm a third-generation minister. My mother's father was a pastor in rural Montana, South Dakota, Uh, you know, so very small churches. And most of the churches that he went to, they brought him there because he was a talented construction, you know, general contractor, basically, and could repair the house and the building for them and would basically do it for free, Um, you know. And so they grew up. I think my mom told me one time that like in retirement they had like their house paid for and $400 a month and that was the most money they had ever had in their whole entire life and that was in the mid 80s so you know we're not talking about like 1960 think about $400 a month and how much I know that even in uh, Indiana where I was living at the time my rent was like 250 (laughs) you know before you pay utilities or any of that kind of stuff so I'm just saying that they had that standard of living. And and then of course my father was a pastor and we lived in pretty nice neighborhoods but we were definitely the low end financially in the nice neighborhood we were in. And the thing about that is that what I've learned over the course of life is that yes, there are things from our past that create blueprints of what we see with in life where we're going but we can always reboot we have the ability to rise above where we're at some of that just comes purely and totally from practice we work at it we work hard effort that you put into something will put back a return from that effort brings me to one of my favorite phrases. I remember just vividly when, the, when a friend of mine said this to me. How many of you are familiar with the phrase, practice makes perfect? The truth of the matter is, is that is absolutely untrue. Because if you practice doing something wrong and you practice it forever, you will never perfect that. What really makes perfect is perfect practice. So you put in the effort, you put in the work, you put in your energy. And God, the universe, whatever you believe in, in turn comes back and gives to us the result of that attitude and action that we put out there. And so I encourage you, I hope you're having a great day today, but if you're not, have I got an amazing guest for you today that is going to share with you a story that's both going to help you evaluate what feels like a bad day today as well as really pour into you some key secrets in both your life and your business. How you can pick yourself up. You can reboot. You can take what you've spent your whole life planning for. Learn from that and have a potentially even better life than you expected or that you thought of because of the effort and energy that you put in in the first phase of your life. So I encourage you, you want to hear this. My guest today is going to blow your socks off with his incredible story and with his brand new international best-selling book. You won't want to miss to learn how you can be the best version of yourself. With that said, I'm going to take our first quick commercial break, and we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You're going to want to hear this guest. Don't go away. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author, and now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome
0: back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Grab your paper and pen, this is going to be a guest you're going to want to take some notes on. Wow, have we got a good one for you today. We are joined by multiple time Olympic athlete, an athlete that has represented his country in three different sports, but maybe is best known for the video that you've seen from the horrible fall that he took uh, because of a hamstring issue. In the 1992 Olympics and the courageous end to that, I am so excited to bring to you and to invite into the show today Derek Redman. Hi, Derek, thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, how are you doing? My pleasure. My pleasure at all.
1: So, Derek, we got a lot of fun things to cover today, but we should start off by talking about that fateful day in 1992 when you were in the Olympics and. Everything you had planned didn't turn out the way that it was. Can you tell us that story?
2: Uh, Yeah, so um, I I guess uh, i start at the beginning. I'm a former track and field athlete, um, competed for Great Britain on many occasions. I've sort of been British champion, European champion, Commonwealth champion, world champion, and competed in a couple of Olympics. And as you alluded to, my second Olympics in 1992 I was uh, possibly more famous for losing a race and actually winning a race in one, one respect. Um, I was one of the favourites to win a medal at those Olympic Games. And in the semi-final, after winning the first two rounds, I pulled my hamstring in the semi-final um, with 250 metres to go. And I decided to, after falling to the ground, I decided to get up and continue running. And with about 100 metres to go, my dad came on the track to help me finish the, uh, finish, the la- you know, finish the race.
1: For people who haven't seen it, it is an amazing video to watch the resilience that you have and all that you went through. But as I've heard the story, basically when your dad came down and helped you finish the race, at that point you still thought you had the ability to, to win, to, to still get the gold medal. Can you tell us a little bit about what was going through your head and that kind of thing at that point?
2: Well, not quite at that point. So what happened was um, when I pulled my hamstring after 150 metres, I obviously fell over, I was in a lot of pain and and fell to the track. Um, After a few seconds of sort of uh, words of frustration, let's say, um, I remembered where I was and I was in the Olympic semi-final. The rest of the guys still had about 150, maybe 130 metres to go. And it was at that point that I thought I could still qualify, and that's what made me get up and start running. Um, and then once I'd hobbled uh, 50 metres, so I was at the 200-metre mark, I had to look over to see if I was catching them, because in my mind I still think I could finish. And they had finished, and, it was, and then I decided I was going to finish that race because I, 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 didn't, I just had to finish the race. Um, so I continued hobbling the final uh, 200. And after 100 metres, then my dad sort of came on with an aim of trying to stop me, and I just said, no, I need to finish this race. And he said, okay, you know, we, we, we'll finish it together. And I just remember shouting at him, get me back into lane five, which was the lane I'd been assigned for the race. And I just wanted it I'd started in lane five, and I wanted to finish in lane five.
1: That is so amazing. So after that point, um, you represented your country in several other sports, though. Uh, briefly, can you tell us what other sports you've been uh, you know, yeah. president
2: of your country for? Yeah. So um, the other sport that I competed for in my country was basketball. So um, after that Barcelona episode, to cut a very long story short, I had quite a few surgeries on my hamstring, which were all unsuccessful. And the surgeon who who um, did all the operations basically told me that look, there's no point in fighting this. It's over. You'll never compete for your country again. Basically, go and get yourself a, a, a real job, was his words. And um, I didn't like that, and I proved him wrong. And uh, I did retire from track and field and, and started playing some um, some basketball. And about three years after he told me I'd never compete for my country again, I sent him a photograph of me playing basketball for England. Um, so, yeah, so that was the, the second sport. The third sport, which I didn't actually quite get into the England team, but I did play professionally, was rugby. And I did try out for uh, England uh, in sevens, rugby sevens, but didn't quite make it. So it's only one other sport, although I've been professional in three.
1: That's awesome. So since that time, you know, because that Olympics was 1992. What Olympics was it that you were in? Basketball? I didn't go to the Olympics
2: for basketball. That was just a a one-off international. So I've only competed in two Olympic games. Okay. Um, So no, it wasn't – it wasn't – it was – um, it was for England as opposed to be, as as, a, as opposed to playing for Great Britain,
1: okay. which
2: would have been the yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, catch us up on the last 16 or so years. Um, you've done a whole lot of amazing things since then. Talk to us about the business you've developed.
2: So, yeah, I mean, you know, there have been a couple of businesses that I tried, obviously, as you do, um. Um, I guess I, I've got a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, and i tried a few things. So I, I had a company making and manufacturing gym equipment, um, and um, that went well, and then uh, didn't go so well. Um, and then I got into motivational speaking. Uh, oh God, a number of years ago, pretty much. I don't know, best part of ninety eight, nineteen, nineteen ninety nine, sort of time, um, and I started, um, you know, motivational speaking. And that grew and grew and grew, and became quite successful. Uh, came, you know, very successful for me. Uh, and then during that time, I became a performance coach. So I would go into companies and businesses and help them develop their people to perform at whatever level that they want to perform at, um, whether it's individually or within teams. And a lot of my um, sort of uh, uh, theories really did come from the world of sport and what I what I. What I and other sportsmen achieve in the world of sport, um, and so and that's what I'm I'm pretty much doing currently, um, which I really enjoy. I, I, I travel the world with that work, um, and uh, yeah, I get a lot out of it.
1: Your international best-selling book is called "Sport as a Business, Business is a Sport." Can you explain that to us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the book really is based around one of my presentations of the same title Uh, and it's quite interesting because of that particular presentation, you know, for many years I used to pretty much open up with one of two sayings, one of them being sport is a business and business is a sport uh, and the other one being the mindset of a successful sports person actually is no different to the mindset of a successful business person. So the the title sport is a business, business is a sport really represents how there isn't a major difference in my eyes, there isn't a difference between competing at the highest level and, and working at the highest level. Um, there's so many similarities between the two that actually, you know, one is the other and the other is the one, hence, hence, hence the title. And, you know, one of the questions that I get asked often is, how did I make that transition between the world of sport and the world of business? And I always say that I didn't really make a transition, I just changed sporting events um, because I, I approach my business life the same way I did my sporting life. It's the only way I know how to prepare, how to succeed um, and become successful because I was a sportsman for, for so many years. So uh, the book really just shares a lot of my principles, um, my thoughts um, and my theories, if you like, on on how using the principles of what I and other people use in the world of sport you can use in the world of business to succeed.
1: So talk to me a little bit about this concept. It's even on the back cover of your book about measuring success on your own terms.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things, again, in sport um, is, and I'll use track and field uh, at the moment because that was my you know, my, my sport. One of the things that you are taught, um, no matter how you train, no matter what style of way that you, you run – you have to run your own race. So actually, you're, you're your biggest competition, you're your biggest critic. And, you know, if you try and run somebody else's race, somebody else's style of race, the way that they kind of run, then actually you've lost that race because it's not you performing at your best. So, you know, again, it's, it's, it's the same in business. You know, you will be your biggest critic. And yes, you will grade yourself against the other competition that's out there, um, whether that be on the sporting field or in the work, you know, in, in, in the workplace. But you need to look at your own game plan, um, have the confidence that what you're going to do is right, learn from others, learn from their mistakes, even learn from their successes, but build that into your own game plan. And, and as I say, pretty much run your own race. And if you do that, then, you know, there's no reason why you can't achieve everything that you, you, you set out to achieve. Um, so that's really the theory behind that.
1: So what is the secret to, um, you know, you plan, you really invest your life in it, and then the outcome definitely isn't what you expected, what you intended. Um, how do you reboot from a tragedy like that? You know
2: what? I, I don't think you need to actually completely reboot. I mean, my my, my theory is, and again, this comes from, um, what i did in the world of sport it really comes down to confidence one of the things that i always believed in my um, sporting career again we'll stick with track and field is that i could be the best in the world i could be uh you know a world record holder a world record breaker and i always 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 believed that now i never ever held the world record um you know every race i ran i i i went out to break the world record because i believed that i that i could and the thing that i believe stopped me from breaking the world record wasn't actually the lack of ability unfortunately for me it was the amount of injuries that i had but what i take away from that is if you believe in something if you have the confidence and believe that you can achieve it then no matter what's put in your path no matter what challenges that you 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 come across no matter what roads what you know what walls what Blocks whatever you want to call them. I refer to them as challenges and putting you away. If you stay focused on what you feel you're able to do, you can actually get through those 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 challenges and those problems and those setbacks. Um, so it's not really, in my eyes, a complete reboot. It's just a little bit of a a, a slowing down of you getting to that aim, but hopefully, or get into you know achieving that goal, but hopefully by looking in the distance at that end goal you'll eventually step over step around these issues and problems that are uh, that are put in front of you so I really I guess in a in a long way what I'm saying is it's having that confidence and belief that you can achieve it and you have to have that um, because if you don't believe and have the confidence in yourself you can't expect anybody else to Um, you know I never go into anything half-heartedly and Thinking, oh well, let's just see how far it goes, and we'll we'll go from there. You know, I'll only do things that I feel and set you know set things at a level that I feel that I am able to achieve, and I like to set my goals pretty high. Um, and you know, sometimes it, it's not easy to get there, but you do need to have that belief and that faith. And it could be, in you know, on occasions, quite a lonely a lonely path towards that goal. Um, A lot of the times, as I say, you know, if you have that belief and faith, you tend to find other people want to help you, and and there's no suggestion that you can achieve all these things on your own. Um, But you do need to be the spearhead of that confidence, that belief, that faith that you can achieve it. And, you know, I I honestly believe that if you're patient enough and, and you want it bad enough, you'll get it.
1: I know over the years, both in business and in sports, you have met some incredible people that have done amazing things, but you've also met some incredible people that just never really lived up to their potential. What do you What do you think is the difference between somebody that becomes a superstar and somebody that becomes a... wasn't? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question, tough question. I mean, yeah, you're right, I've met some absolutely fantastic people. Um, and, you know some of the people that really do go, you know, above and beyond to achieve their, you know, their goals again have that tenacity, that stubbornness, that that, you know, that in a, that, that inability to stop that ability just to keep on going and, you know none of these things are easy um, you know uh, there's very, very, very few people that have tried something and been successful the first time with that issue. Um and there are some people that have tried and tried and, and tend to kind of give up at the 11th hour. Um, there's some talented people out there who have the ability in sport and in business to do it, but don't have the mindset. And there are other people that don't quite have the same um, talent, but have the mindset and, and, and are pretty much stubborn and will not take no for an answer. Um, and that's possibly where I, you know, I, I, I put myself. Um, and you also got to remember success means different things to different people. Um, so, to one person having a billion pounds in the bank, the biggest houses around the world, and lots of cars, that's success for them. For other people, it might not be that. It, you know, it could be something a lot sort of low down. So, it depends on how you measure your your success and what we measure it on. And and, and people are very simple to, or very, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're they're, they're very quick to measure success on, on on one thing, on what they see that person owns has from a materialistic point of view and, and that isn't the only way to measure you know success um you know as you as you said i've, I've met some great people um uh, over the years um and i could sit here and name lots of them um and they all have something in in in, in common and that is a huge amount of confidence huge a huge amount of belief that they and other people can, can achieve things if, if, if they set their mind to it.
1: What the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. Your mind cannot distinguish between what you vividly imagine and what actually happens. So it starts in your head. It starts with that that upper head brain work and then it translates into what you see in your body and in your life. And so I encourage you, begin to conceive and believe in it so that you really can achieve. We've got way more coming up with Derek. We're going to take our second quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because... It serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. We're listening to international best-selling author Derek Redman as he talks about his book and information from his book, Sport as a Business and Business as a Sport, where he shares with us some secrets that he's learned both in business as well as in sports, how you can succeed in your life and in your business. So let's jump right back into our discussion with Derek. So I'm curious then, um, you know, looking back across your life and some of the really tough moments, if you could go back in time and redo them, would would you do things differently or are you glad for the way that it turned out? Um,
2: I mean, if we're talking about the Olympics, if I'm really honest, no, I'm not glad for the way it turned out because my aim was to win Olympic gold. And I do believe I could have medalled at those Olympic Games. And, as you know, the sportsman in in me will tell you that it was about the medal. Um, The the ironic thing is I don't think I would have been as well-known, as popular, as famous or whatever word you want to use had I won an Olympic medal as opposed to what actually happened to me. As As you said in your introduction, you know, that clip has been viewed Millions and millions of times on, on on YouTube. Uh, Barack Obama, you know, the former president, has mentioned it in a speech. It's it's used, you know. Oh goodness, every Olympic Games, it, it, it sort of comes out, and not just every four years, but it's it's it it's been used in adverts, you know, in advertisements. It's been used in campaigns. It's it's something that has become, you know, one of the kind of biggest Olympic moments in in history and that's not me saying that um however i would have rather a gold medal so um but to answer your question would i would i have changed things yes of course there's certain things that i would have changed um it doesn't mean that i would have been successful in those things it just means they maybe wouldn't have failed in the ways that they did um am i pleased for the, the the or you know am i satisfied and pleased with the way that my life has, has panned out obviously yes with all the setbacks because that's what's made me the person that i am um and had i had everything handed to me on a plate and work first time every time then i certainly wouldn't be the person that i am and i don't think that would be a realistic way to view the world so you know um there's a few minor things i've changed but to be honest with you no the way the way it worked out is the way it is and There's a saying that you can only play with the you can only play the game with the cards that you've been dealt and and that's what i've that's what i have done and that's what i try to do
1: so you glossed through a, a pretty big thing that i'd like to go back to for a second um president barack obama used uh you in one of his speeches uh first of all did you hear that live or did you find out about it later uh, no, I found
2: out about it later. Um, when it happened, um, literally, I was actually picking my wife up from work, um, some of the mundane things that we have to do. And um, my my phone sort of went off, and um, I, I spoke to one person and they mentioned it, and I I, um, I, I I didn't really take much notice. And then my phone was just blown off the hook for reporters, goodness knows what, saying, Have you heard? President of uh, Barack Obama's latest speech, and I said, "No, what was it about?" And they said, "Well, you mentioned you." And I said, <laughs> "Really?" And it was for uh, it was a, 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 a speech that he was given, or he was he was given um, to. Um, he, uh, I'm trying to think. Chicago is his hometown, if I if I if I, if I remember correctly. Yes, and um, Chicago were bidding for the 2016 Olympics, which ended up going to Rio, as we know. But seven years prior to that, um, Chicago was one of the countries that was bidding for the Games. And it was a speech that he was giving um, for that particular um, subject for hoping that Chicago would be uh, the country that got picked for the um, um, 2016 Olympic Games. And during that presentation, he mentioned my name, and um, I can't remember the actual words, but you know, really talking about um, you know the tenacity of you know of people doing things that you know is humanly impossible, but you know the the human spirit kind of takes over. Physically impossible, but the human spirit takes over. Um, I did eventually see the uh, the actual speech. I was first, I was sent like a transcript um, that someone had obviously listened to it. And, typed it up, and they sent me that, and then um, a couple of years later, and it was literally a couple of years later, I actually uh, was doing some TV work for Spanish TV, and they managed to get the actual interview, and and, um, and that was the first time I saw it.
1: Wow, that's pretty amazing. So, um, you name-dropped... Uh, you know, the president. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and you said there's a couple other people. Of all the people you've met, um, I want to actually do in two categories. First of all, let's talk about people in sports that you've met that really made an impact on you. And then I want to also talk about business people that have really made an impact on you.
2: Okay. So in sports, um, <clears throat> Um, one of the biggest names that um, I've met him, uh, uh, he wouldn't remember me, but obviously I remember him. And uh, someone who I, I, I did admire when he was competing and, and, and still do with what he did, and that was Michael Jordan. Um, you know, I was a massive fan of his. I was a huge basketball fan anyway, as you obviously, um, uh, obviously know. Um, and, and he was somebody that when I was competing, I used to watch his, uh, back then, videos. That's how, how long ago I'm going back. Um, and there was a couple of videos that he did. One was called Michael Jordan's Playground, and the other one was called Come Fly With Me. Uh, and they were great um, motivational videos for me. And um, I was going through periods of injury problems and, and missing lots of you know competitions and goodness knows what. And, and th- those sort of videos helped me sort of just re-engage and, and, and stay focused and, and believe in myself with you know, a lot of the, what he went through. So he was certainly someone from the world of sport. Um, somebody else from the world of sport uh, from, from the UK is a, a, a decathlete by the name of Daley Thompson. Um, now and, and, uh, Daley Thompson was you know, two-time Olympic champion. He held the world record. I had the privilege of knowing and training with him, um, um, funny enough, in LA for, for, for a number of years. And again, he was somebody who was just ultra competitive, and and, and, and ultra positive, and, and he he had that knack of being able to, without trying, mo- motivating people who were around him and trained with him. Um, and he he saw things in quite a simple way, you know, work hard, train hard, reap the benefits, um, and it was as it was as simple as that with with, with him. So they are two people in the world of sport. Um, um, in business, um, there's a guy from Canada, uh, Errol Bramson, who who is who has been involved in many, 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 many businesses. Um, he's you know financially he's 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 set and secure, and now he literally travels the world helping people become successful in their own right, regardless of what business they're in. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time um, Skype calling um, and, you know, just getting a lot of advice from him. Um, and he kind of mentors me, if you like. Um, and I, we, we met literally by accident. He wanted to meet me. He was over in England um, um, a few years ago. And we, we met at, a, at a, a presentation that he managed to get me to speak at. And the first evening when we met... It was unbelievable. We just hit it off and it was like I was almost looking at myself, uh, albeit he was a lot older, uh, (laughs) a lot older than me. So, um, um, so no, that was, that's, that was some, and that is someone who, um, uh, who, who's a good guy and and has helped me a lot. And also someone actually kind of in business. Uh, Well, it is, it is in business, but um, not just from the business or from the sporting side, but my dad. Uh, my dad is someone who has inspired me and was very successful in in business in his own right and obviously supported me through my um, track and field career from from day one and he never coached me, although he did advise me but again, he took that business approach to my uh, athletics career and I guess if I think about it he was the first person to kind of link a business attitude and mindset to my sport and I'm talking when I was eleven, twelve, thirteen years of age. Um, so I guess that's where it all kind of started. And now I've kind of flipped it around and used what I've learned in sport to help people in the world of business.
1: Are you and your dad as close as it seems? I mean, such a touching moment in the video. But um, are you guys, you know, that close in day to day business and day to day life and business? Oh yes, absolutely.
2: I mean, my dad. Uh, not only are we that close. Um, sort of, if you like, you know, from a, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, physically we're close, we live about five minutes apart, but obviously, um, you know, we are close anyway, you know, we speak a lot, um, you know, we speak a lot, um, we spend maybe not as much time together as we could or should because of, uh, you know, commitments, work commitments, I'm here, there and everywhere, but we are very close, Um, as I say, he only lives... 3 4 minutes away from from my house um we've always been close i've only i have one sister who's 2 years older than me and again between my parents house and you know if you went from my parents house to my house my house to my sister's house and then my sister's house back to my parents house you could drive that in under 10 minutes um so we're all you know we are you know very close uh, not only physically um but or geographically i should say yeah you know we but we are a very close um close unit and, and a close family um so yes what you see on the videos is is what you get we are you know my, my dad and i we are you know, we are
1: close that's so awesome i love that so the book is called sport is a business business is a sport so let's talk to the people who are in their version of training for their olympics whatever that might be because you said earlier you know, success is really something defined by yourself. Um, yeah. What are some things that a person can do, though, to really train themselves to be successful in business?
2: I think some of the things that they can do, uh, you know, at first, and I, I'm kind of going to repeat myself here, is have that belief and that faith. Um, that is, to be honest with you, the, the strongest thing that you can have within you, the belief and the faith. You know, there's a saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink it. And, you know, if you really don't believe that you can achieve whatever it is or you can get yourself to a certain standard or if it's in sport, you know, win a medal or or make a final or or whatever it is, you know, then there's a good chance you're not going to do it. So you have to believe it. And that's something that I can't convince somebody. You can't convince somebody. It's something that they have to believe that they can achieve it, and they got to want it bad enough. So for me, that's the you know that's the first thing. You know, one of the other things, you know, the, the next thing really is, is is to try and seek advice, um, help. You know, I, I like to hope that my book can you know can help trigger some ideas and some thoughts in people's mind. And whether it's my book or whether it's me speaking in in, in a presentation, I like to say that I'm thought provoking. I don't have all the answers, um, you know, but these are some ideas, some theories, some ways that can help you to get closer and achieve what it is that you want to, you know, achieve. No one person has all the answers. You know, I mentioned Errol. Errol is very successful, and he has lots of different thoughts and, and, and ideas. Um, you know, and, and I know there was a book that he, he read called "Think and Grow Rich" that really did kind of set the way that he lived his life, his business life, and, and, and that worked for him, and it's worked for you know a lot of other people. So there is more than one way to you know to skin a to skin a cat. So you know, books like mine, um, I know Errol has a, a book out as well. Um, books like Errol's; these are the sort of things that people can read. And you can take the bits that really sort of hit you and, 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 you know, resonate with you. And you can use these sort of things in, in, in your own, you know, journey to success. Um, it's a bit like coaching. You know, I've, I've been coached by some fantastic coaches over the years, both here and in the United States. And if I was to coach an athlete, it wouldn't be from everything I've learned from one coach. It would be a combination of what I've learned from all those coaches, plus the experiences that I've had and stuff that I've learned myself. And and that's the way that we you know we all we all develop. So you know I would urge people to um, not just look at my book, not just look at Errol's, but you know there's a lot of sort of self help books that, uh, you know out there that you need, that you can look at and pick out bits that that, that you know that, that resonate with you. Um, because the one thing in common with all of these people, they, we have all been successful in our own ways and we're sharing the secrets to our success and they can help you hopefully, um, you know, on the journey to, to your success, whatever, you know, whatever that be. So there's no one thing that you can really teach people. I guess one of the things I I guess I could say is being open-minded, um, taking on all this information and, and as I say, it becomes thought provoking and, and, and hopefully you can use it, use that combined with your, you know, your confidence and your belief and your drive. And wow, you know, if you've got all that, then there's no way you're not going to succeed.
1: What are you going to do with this information? I love bringing you guests like Derek because he has the ability to share with you some very high-end principles that have helped him succeed at some of the highest levels in business, in sports, in life. And yet, it's on us, each of us as we listen, to take notes, to get the information, to, you know, even listen to it again to be able to pick up things we missed the first time and then take action on what we've learned. So I ask you again, what are you going to do with what you've heard so far from Derek. Now, there's still more to come, so don't go away because Derek's going to share some more really juicy nuggets with us of ways that you can up-level your life and your business. Don't go away. We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author, and now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to we help you thrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best selling author today.
0: Welcome back to thriving entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. We are talking to world champion athlete, inspirational keynote and motivational speaker, and international best-selling author, Derek Redman. His book, Sport is a Business, Business is a Sport, he's been dropping some bombs on us today with some insightful information that I hope you're taking notes on, but there's more still to come. So we're going to jump back into our talk with Derek and see what else we can learn. Inspiration is so key to success in anything. Um, What would be some of the things that you would want to say to somebody listening today to inspire them that they can be successful?
2: Um, Okay. Um, Again, let me start by by using an example from the world of sport. So in my event, there was an athlete by the name of Michael Johnson who pretty much rewrote the books when it comes to running the 400 metres. And he was the world record holder, multiple Olympic champion, not only over 400 but also 200 metres. He was was the Usain Bolt of our era. In fact, it took Usain Bolt a long time to break his 200-metre world record. And one of the things that I always believed... If he could do it, there's no reason why I can't do it. He has two legs, two arms, one head, one nose, two eyes, exactly the same as me. You know, so, and there was a time when he wasn't as quick as he is. So how do I know that my time is not going to come? So using that sort of example, again, you know, I look at successful people. I look at people in the world of business who have been successful. They're regular people. They were all born with no knowledge. They couldn't speak any, couldn't speak. They learned to speak, they learned to walk, they learn to talk, they learn to do all of these things and yet still they become successful. So why is that? It's because they have that tenacity, that belief, that uh, motivation, um, that stubbornness that I, that, I, that I talk about to not let anything get in their way. And I honestly, honestly believe when I'm watching TV programs about the rich and the famous, when I'm watching TV shows about, I don't know, um, successful businessmen or businessmen, you know, all these sort of things that we look at, I look at them and I actually say, you know what, if they can do it, there's no reason I can't, you know, why I can't do it. Why, you know, why can't I do it if they did it? Yes, they are special people, but they're not special people. They are regular people like you and me, uh, and they have just made a decision, to not let anything get in the way on route to them being successful, um, and, and and that's that's what I would say to people is if you really really want it, you know, look at these people, study these people, and and, and really just look at them and say, well, if they can, I can. Um, and 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 to me, that's that's the way I look at it. And I think, well, why can't I? Because as I say, they have the same chances as, as we do. And all of these people that are successful all don't start from wealthy families or goodness knows what. There's thousands, millions of rags-to-riches stories out there. Um, You know, um, I I, I met a guy um, a couple of days ago who came to the UK not speaking English. um, And now he's, you know, he had a love for football. He wasn't good enough to make it. Or soccer, as you guys were saying in America, he had a love for soccer. He wasn't good enough to make it um, in the world of soccer. Um, but that was his his passion and he took that passion he had for soccer and he put it into building and and now the guy is very successful, he has multiple uh, building companies, he's built hotels and goodness knows what, football stadiums all around the world and this was a guy who came to the UK who couldn't even speak a word of English so they're the kind of stories that I like to hear and like to hang on to because they show me that anybody from any walk of life can be successful if you want it bad enough.
1: That ties so well into the phrase that's on the cover of your book, a phrase I love. That's learning to control what you can control, and not worry about what you couldn't. Um, what does that phrase mean to you? Well, it's it, again coming from you know coming from the world of sport, and
2: I can't control what any other athlete does. So in my race, you have an uh, Olympic final. There's eight of you in the final, so there's me and seven others. I have no control of how fast or slow that they're going to run. The only one person that I can have any control over is me. So then I make sure that I uh, dot every I, cross every T, and make sure that I do everything I can to make sure that I perform at my best. And that's all you can, can do. And at the end of the day, if your best is good enough, you will win. And if your best is not good enough you'll do as well as you can, and, and, and obviously you, you, you may not end up finishing first, but you can't control what anybody else does. So again, you know, if you want to transfer that into the world of business, don't worry and waste time worrying about the things that you have no control over because you're wasting valuable time working on, that you could be working on, the things that you do have control over, and the things that you can do to make yourself more, you know, more successful. Um And you know a lot of the time in sport and in business we spend people spend a lot of time looking at the opposition, and again, I'll use a phrase that I use earlier on running somebody else's race. You're wasting time. you're wasting energy. just use that time, effort, and energy on working on what you have control over because there are things in this world that we can't we can't stop anyone being more successful than us. We can make it more difficult for them if we're very successful you know, and again, in the world of sport, if I, you know, my my attitude was, I'm going to run really, really fast. And if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to run a hell of a lot quicker than I am. I'm not going to give you an easy victory. And if they do, the only thing you can do is hold your hand up and go, man, good on you. You know, I'll shake your hand because that was unbelievable because I know I ran quick and for you to finish me, you had, you know, finish in front of me, you had to run seriously quick. So, you know, for me in sport i didn't want to give any soft victories i wanted people to work for it if they were going to beat me and in business the same thing i'm going to be as as successful as i can and i you know hopefully whatever business i i'm, I'm involved in i want to make that the best business in the world and if it is that's what i expected if it isn't then i'm going to make that other company work twice as hard to be better than me um and and, and again that's that's what i mean by sort of um, you know, working on the things that you can and concentrating on the things that you can control and, and don't worry about the things that you can't control.
1: There have been so many great nuggets in in all that you've shared today. I hope people have paper and pen and they've been taking notes. Uh, but just to kind of reiterate um, both things you've said or something else from the book, what is one thing that somebody could take action on that could, you know, at the end of this show they could go and do right now to have a positive impact in their business
2: personally read the book sport is a business business is a sport i think that would be a really good start um to helping people um you know start on that journey to success um as you say there's there's lots of great nuggets in the book lots of bits that that you know um people can use um i I, i'm not going to say every single thing will work for everybody because that would be you know wrong to say that but it would be you know would would be a great start and and hopefully that combined with having the belief and confidence in, in themselves then then they can go out and achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve
1: i agree completely i encourage everybody to get the book sport is a business Business is a Sport by Derek Redman, a multiple-time Olympian, international bestseller, world traveler. I mean, the list just goes on and on of the things that Derek has done in his life and can share with you. Uh, You know, Derek, I really appreciate the time you've taken with us today. You've really been open and vulnerable on a lot of subjects with us, and I really just want to thank you for taking the time to share with us a little bit of what's in your book so that people will buy your book.
2: Absolutely. And I, and I appreciate you, uh, um, you know, talking to me and it's been my pleasure to share uh, a few of my, my secrets. And as I say, I hope the book does help other people uh, and can help other people. That was the reason for me writing it. You know, I, I refer to it more as a business tool than I do an autobiography because I, you know, I wanted to share some of the, the secrets to my my success um and i'm certainly not the wealthiest guy in the world but in my own way i, I you know i've achieved a lot of what i wanted to do and i still have things i want to do so i still live those live those um uh, those, those um messages that are that in the book so no thank you for your time as well
1: again the book is called sport is a business business is a sport by Derek redman thanks so much for being on the show with us today Derek. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. I love having guests on the show like Derek. Now, I love all of my guests, so I don't want anybody that's listening to be like, well, he loves Derek more than me. (laughs) I don't mean it that way, but it's so fun to be able to bring you somebody like an Errol, like a Derek, like Lisa Nichols, like, uh, you know, the list goes on. Matthew Knowles has been on the show. And to give you that peak at the next step from, from where you are to where you're going. And I hope that that really did encourage and motivate you to be able to go. There's all these people that are 20 steps ahead of us, and we never can fall into the trap of looking at somebody else and being like, oh, well, I'll never reach that, so I'm going to give up. But rather to use that as fuel to go harder and faster. I love what Derek said about how um, you know the thing he could control was he was going to run all out. He was going to give it everything. And if somebody beat him, he could then very happily shake their hand and congratulate them because he knows that they had to run a heck of a race in order to beat him. And that's what I want for you in life because it really isn't about beating somebody else. It's about being the best version of yourself. And as I said in the intro, no matter what today looks like, no matter where your life is at now, you have, as a human being, that capability to be able to reboot, to go from where you are now to someplace different, to be able to turn a bad day into a good day, to turn a bad week into a good week, bad month, bad year, all of that, you have the ability to For it to change right now. It doesn't have to be one of those kind of things where you have to wait till morning. You know, well, when I wake up in the morning, then things will be different. Sometimes it feels that way, and I get that. But it really doesn't have to be that way. You can make that decision no matter what time of day it is that you're listening to this show. And you can make the choice. Things are going to be different as of right now. Your mind doesn't know. Your mind isn't going to come back to you and go, well, no, we're not going to do that. We choose to be negative, even though you've chosen to be positive. Your mind is just going to go with you wherever you want to go. You can end up like Derek, where even though you're down on the ground, that you look at the people who are finishing the race that you were going to win and think to yourself, I'm not only going to get back in this race, I'm still going to win. You can have that mindset. And then when you find that things are different than what you would wanted them to be, you can again, like Derek, you can say, hey, I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to do everything that I can do at the best of my ability. And that's all that I wish for you today is that you do your best. You put out the best of you into the world. Because the world needs you. You have a message, a story to share that only you can share. Derek does Derek really well and he filled that place that we need in the world. But now we need you to be the best version of you. You need to share that story. You know, Kathy and I, we believe that you should write it down. And while you're writing a book, let's make it a bestseller. The journey for that starts as simply as just joining us at bestsellersguild.com. It's a free Facebook group. If you were on Facebook, you could just look up Best Sellers Guild. Either way, ask to join our group. Come on in. Be part of people who are changing the world with their message, with the global community that we're creating of people who are making a difference in the world because you're one of those people because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. Please know that Kathy and I are here to help you do anything that we can do so that you can live your life in a positive, happy, successful way for you. Not to be somebody else, your version of Oprah, your version of Derek, your version of Lisa Nichols, but just to be the best you that you can be. And by doing that, you will be living every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Because no matter what's happened, even a minute ago, you have within you the ability to reboot, make that change. And have things be different so that you can be a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
1: youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.